0: Sealing God's People with your host Dennis Beard. All those that live Godly in Christ Jesus shall suffer persecution. They didn't say tribulation, persecution. There's the difference in tribulation and persecution. Tribulation is trouble. Kind of rendering tribulation to them that trouble you. There's a tribulation from Satan coming down, being thrown down from heaven, having great wrath, knowing that he hath but a short time. The wrath of Satan is nothing royal but tribulation trouble for the saints how be it the wrath of God's altogether different we're not appointed to the wrath of God but to obtain salvation when you name the name of Jesus well, he said blessed are you when they speak all manner of evil against you revile against you all manner of evil against you somebody said why what have I done to them? You don't have to do anything to them. All you do is just lift up the name of Jesus. Why do they do that? Why do they hate you without a cause? He just said, they hated me first. And therefore, if they hated me, they'll hate you. The servant is not above his master. He said, in the world, you're going to have tribulation. Be of good cheer. I've overcome the world. There's no temptation taking you such as common to man. But God will with the temptation... What are these temptations? He'll make a way to bear it or a way to escape. Think it not strange as far a trial which is to try you as though some strange thing happened unto you. But rejoice inasmuch as you're partakers of Christ's sufferings. Rejoice. Peter and Peter and John sees a man at the gate called beautiful he's uh, literally uh, he cannot walk he's lame for over 40 years old. And coming down, they see him at the gate called Beautiful. Jesus had passed by there many times before, but still he was not healed. Yet, Peter and John came by at the time of prayer at the temple, at the gate called Beautiful, and the man was begging alms, mourning money. There, Peter fastening his eyes upon him, silver and gold, have I numbers such as we have, in the name of Jesus, rise up and walk, took him by the hand and lifted him up. He moved by faith. The man went leaping and praising God. Well, as soon as the miracle there, Jesus is manifest, he sees there there's a notable miracle. First thing happens they pat him on the back and say, "Whoa, well, praise God, Jesus is, is revealed. And the living epistle shown there on this, this lame man that's healed. That's no, immediately they charge him. No more preach anymore in this man's name. For when you preach this man's name, you do intend to bring his blood upon us. His blood? Yeah, there's power in the blood. The devil hates the blood. If you preach a real Jesus, if you lift up the name Jesus, therefore, righteousness' sake, they will hate you. Jesus said, the time will come. They'll, whosoever killeth you, kills you, will think that it is God God of service. Why? Because they have not known the Father nor me. They don't know Jesus is the Christ. Christ is the Father, revealed in a body of flesh and blood in the days of his flesh, and now has gone back glorified as Spirit. Now that Spirit has now come to us. He has sent forth the spirit of his Son into our hearts, whereby we cry, "Abba, Father, Galatians 4, 6. Take a look at Paul's life. Jesus said, uh, in the world, you're going to have tribulation. Well, we're still here in the world, we're, uh, in, but not of the world, but in the world, we're not of the world. Well, if you were of the world, the world would love you. Because you're not of the world, the world hated you. Well, somebody said, well, I'm not going to follow the Lord there. Listen, you come against God. Uh, somebody said, "Well, we're, we're, we're going dic- to uh, just claim the Fifth, uh, the Fifth Amendment, uh, you know, the right to remain silent." And uh, the Lord surely is love; He's not going to require any of these things. What about over there when they said, "Go up, thou bald head! Go up, thou bald head!" Literally reviling the prophet. Forty-two children. Forty-two children. They're—we don't know—they're not teenagers. They're children. Well, what would they know anyway? They're just little children. Forty-two children, two she bears, come out of the woods, cursed by the prophet. Two she bears come out of the woods and kill all forty-two children. Somebody said that's not a god that I'll serve. Well, then don't serve him. It's a cross. What you have to understand in God is enmity, that spirit is enmity with the flesh. And anything in the flesh is an enemy of God. Somebody said, well, Jesus Christ has come in the flesh. That's right. But you've got to crucify the flesh with the affections and the lust. You try to meet Jesus in the flesh, and he will destroy you. The flesh is enmity with God. And God in his holiness cannot deny himself. He's spirit. But that spirit is enmity with the flesh. Therefore, anything in the flesh that's not righteous and righteousness in that day will be burnt up. They will literally be burnt up because the flesh is enmity against the spirit and the spirit is at enmity against the flesh. And no flesh will glory in his sight. All that is of the flesh and of the world will be trampled underfoot and burned with that burning fire, he first judged the world by water. In the days of Noah wherein eight souls were saved by water, the like figure which baptism doth also now save us, not to put away the flesh, but an answer for good conscience toward God. But in the last days, he's reserved everything uh, against the day of judgment with fire. Fire, seeing that all things, the heavens and earth, will melt with further heat what manner of holy conversation should you be? People think it's, oh, well, it's all right to say rake it to your brother, thou fool, have protest, walk up and down the road like a bunch of idiots against God. Well, you don't do that against Muslim, do you? You don't do it against Christian. You don't go against uh, uh, Islam and Muslim, do you? But you do it against the Lord Jesus. You know why? Because it's for righteousness' sake. They will do these things against you for my name's sake. You call the name of Jesus, you're going to suffer persecution. Now what do you do? Cry about it? Oh Lord, it's whipping me. Go for me. Jesus said, Rejoice and leap rejoice and leap for joy. For great is your reward in heaven. Somebody said, Well, that's a little hard to do. Well, take a look at Paul. There he is with Silas in a jailhouse. After they prayed, they're singing songs, singing hymns at midnight. And God makes a deliverance. Look at Peter after they killed James, the, uh, the apostle. Not James Alvez, but James, uh, the son of Zebedee. And it, uh, Herod uh, there saw that it pleased the Jews, that therefore he was going to kill Peter also. He killed James by the sword. The first apostle that was mortar. And the people love it. When you kill the servants of God, the world loves that. They love it. They chide in with it. In other words, they say, if you don't ever discuss politics and politics and religion, because if you do, you're going to stir up a hornet's nest. There's a lot of that's true. But when you do it against the Lord Jesus Christ, every word out of your mouth will be judged. By thy words I shall be justified, and by thy words I shall be condemned. You say, reckon you're brother, you're in danger of the council. You say, Thou fool, you're in danger of hell fire. We're not talking about just the destruction of the flesh. We're talking danger of hell fire, where the worm dieth not and the fire is not quenched. But people do it. Why? Because they don't fear God. They don't fear God. They think God is love, and, and he's altogether one with them. If they don't believe the way you do, you've got a right to just roll over them and run over them and walk over them and say any manner of evil against them because they don't believe like you do. Or you have some perception that these are not of God. When you do that, even if there is a real complaint at the mouth of two witnesses, then rebuke not an elder, save the mouth of two witnesses, but they don't do that. They come against the word of God. They come against the name of Jesus, simply because they don't think it's right. Ha! Who are they? Have they been with you? Have they walked in the in the light of the gospel of Jesus Christ? Of course not. But they knock it, and they want to because it makes the flesh feel good. But no flesh will glory in His sight. Let's take a look at Paul. Paul over here, and Second Corinthians, the eleventh chapter. And they provoked him. They have provoked Paul to say this. And he says, now look, Satan himself transforms himself into an angel of light. Oh, well then you need to bring accusation against Satan. No, you don't bring regular accusation against Satan. You say, let the Lord rebuke you, Satan. Because vengeance is mine, I will repay, saith the Lord. You have no right. And when you do judge, you're bringing judgment upon yourself. But the same measure that you meet with all is going to be measured to you again. If you think death and you minister death, you're going to get death. If you want friends, you better show yourself friendly. What you sow in kind is what you're going to reap. If you show love, you're going to reap love. And though, even though Paul said, the more I love, the less I be loved. Why? Because people take it for granted. It's just that simple. Take a look at what Paul says. Satan transforms himself, transforms himself into an angel of light. And that's 2 Corinthians 11 and verse 14. Somebody said, that doesn't have anything to do with me. You know, I'm just a little snot-nosed teenager. It doesn't have anything to do with me. No, it doesn't. Then why does the children over there, 42 little children, all they do is knock the man of God. He was ball headed and Elijah, they'd take it up to heaven. Somebody said, well, God loves the little children. Of course he does. But they mocked the man of God. Touch not mine anointing. Do my prophets no harm, so shall you prosper. But you touch that anointing. You touch that anointing of God, and God will judge you. The children that are disobedient to parents, he said, eagles, whether they'll pluck your eyes out. Oh, my goodness, how a horrible thing. Well, these are Bible stories. You know, Jonah and the whale, that's a Bible story. They don't think it's truth. They call it a Bible story. It's not a story, friend. It's the truth. It is uh, the inerrant word of God, the Theronuptus, the God-breathed word of God. And you can come against it all you want to. But you're going to reap the rewards because there is a God. His name is Jesus and he requires every word. But you don't care about it because you don't fear God. And the ones that do keep their mouth shut and give not, when they go to the house of God, give not the sacrifice of fools. 42 children mocking the man of God. Go up, thou ball hit. Go up, thou ball hit. Because Elijah had gone up and Elisha. And they're cursed these children. Two she-bears comes out of the woods and kills 42 children. Oh, how dare God do that? These poor little children. They didn't know what they were doing. Oh, yeah, they did. And that's the reason why you need to fear God. In America, more people are turning away from God now than ever before, going into mess like Muslims. Islam? Why? Because it's military war, destroying and killing other people. They love the flesh; loves to kill, to murder. But the cross, when you sacrifice your life for Jesus and reveal love, then that's carrying a cross of the Lord Jesus Christ. That cross, he said, if any man comes after me, let him himself pick up his cross, not the Lord's cross. Go outside the camp, bearing the reproach. What the cross? Why? Because God is an entity against the flesh. If you don't crucify that flesh with the affections and the lust, all that you want, your covetousness and idolatries and all the things that you desire in this life, you will die. Somebody said, that's awful hard. Tell that. Tell that to God. Tell that at your, your defense at the white throne judgment. That God's wrong and why did you make me thus? Well, when you find that, that day, and you find that he judged that judgment of God, the wicked will be literally convicted, and of all their their evil deeds which they have committed, they will themselves say, "Yes, God is true; His judgments are righteous and true." Paul said, Is Satan himself transformed himself into an angel of light? But these things will they do unto you because you don't understand you have to destroy the flesh. Flesh is enmity, is an enemy of God. No flesh will go that. Flesh and blood cannot inherit the kingdom of God. So therefore, you can fight against it. You can fight against the, the word of God. You can stand against the, the fivefold ministry that are the anointed of the Lord in righteousness' sake, and you can stand against it saying that no man has the truth. No man can be perfect. You can do all of that, but you're standing in the flesh. And the wicked will be literally trodden under the righteous feet. I didn't say believers. I just said the righteous feet. You've got to be righteous. got to be holy. It has to be blameless before the throne of God the wicked will be ashes and under the righteous feet. Paul said, therefore it is no great thing if the ministers of Satan also be transformed as ministers of righteousness. They sit there and say they love, but indeed in they hate. Love not in word and tongue, but indeed and in truth. Whose end shall be according to their works. Well, somebody said, well, I believe in Jesus. It's not according to what you think you believe. It's it's the fruit of the Spirit. Either you are bearing the fruit of the Spirit, love, joy, peace, gentleness, goodness, faith, and gentleness, God, and make his face a temperance against that. there is no law. Galatians 5.22, are your bearing forth fruits of Satan as synagogues of Satan. Whosoever you yield your members of service to obey him with the service of whom you obey. Whether of sin unto death, even if you have the Holy Ghost, you're carnally minded. And because you're carnally minded is death. To be spiritually minded is life, life and peace. If you walk according to the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus, you will not fulfill the lust of the flesh. You will crucify with the affections of the lust. You can buck against it. You will have a miserable, miserable life. The way of a transgressor is hard. Jesus said, take and alert of me. My yoke is easy. My burden is light. That cross that you carry is not the cross of Jesus dying for the sin of the world. It's simply a cross to destroy your flesh, your fleshly desires, coveting, uh, lying, bearing false witness, stealing, murders, and all these. And a minister that claims himself to do that. I've had many ministers out here that came to try to steal from the ministers that we are in fellowship with and think that they'll destroy this ministry and take those ministers to themselves, which are thieves, robbers, actually stealing, Lying and drugging it and some of them almost be literally kept from killing themselves by people in the ministry that love them and yet they turn against it and do everything they can to down the ministry. Why? Because they're children of the devil. And of the devil they will do. So you can't make friends with a snake. You can charm it for a while. You can use that old cornet. Don't blow that trumpet. Because you try that trouble, that snake's gone. That's the reason why. When you preach the word of God, you don't have to worry about it. That word of God's going to convict. They can come against it. They can try to overthrow it, just like they tried to overthrow Jesus. They tried to overthrow the apostles. James, the first apostle, literally killed by the sword. The first apostle killed and mortared for the witness of Jesus. But if the word of God grew greater. They thought they killed Jesus on the cross. That'd be the end of it. Friend, that's just the beginning. And God's got a body of righteous, holy ministers in the body of Christ. One spirit, different ministrations, and every member in the body of Christ has a work to do. God's looking at you. Are you performing the call in your life? Have you made your calling election sure? Or are you just kind of flap going along and say, well, well, case of Whatever will be, will be. And Lord, if you make a way, I'll do it. If not, I'll marry Tom, Dick, or Harry, or, uh, you know, marry Jane, or, 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 you know, uh, Sally Doe and not leading, looking for and seeking the leading of God in your life. You're going to have a miserable life. What about the ones that, that are looking for money? They go to church on Sunday and then they off to work they go, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday, they make their millions of dollars in 401Ks to retire and whatever, and what do they have for the fruit of their labor? Bags that have holes in it. Because they're rich toward self and not rich toward God. God said, in that night, thy soul shall be required of thee. So is he that is rich toward self and not rich toward God. The cross is the only thing in the government of God that will crucify the flesh with the affections and the lust. The Holy Ghost leading and guiding you into all truth. But that truth cannot prevail if you love money, mammon. If you love mammon, then it quenches the word of God. It chokes it. The cares of this world and the deceitful of riches choke the word and it becometh unfruitful. Somebody said, well, I'm of the world. No, you're not. You're in Jesus Christ, you're not of the world, you're in Christ. You're in the world, but you're not of the world. And you better not be of the world. Because if you're in that fleshly mind, that state, it's carnal minded, I don't care how many times you go to church, how much you give your body to be burned, understand, all mysteries, speak with the tongue of men and of angels, it profits you nothing. You have to grow up in Him in all things. So you have to make it up your mind it's all or nothing with the Lord Jesus Christ. It's all for Him or nothing. He that gathers, you either gathers, gather for or against, uh, you either are for or against the Lord Jesus Christ. Somebody said, well, I follow him afar off. Well, you don't yoke up. You know why you don't yoke up? You don't want the cross. You don't want to suffer for his namesake. You'd rather sit back and glean a little word here and glean a little word there. Save you have to suffer for his namesake. Oh, we don't want to do that. So I'll follow Jesus afar off. I won't yoke up with a band of believers. I won't yoke up with a ministry that's going in the name of Jesus Christ, in the true, real gospel, because then I'll have to give up all my hopes and desires of my worldly, fleshly ideals. And when you hold on to those ideals, you will not have Christ. It's an enemy of him. Paul said, all these ones... They had the church at Corinth. They had all these spiritual gifts going, and yet, yet they were not right with God. They were yet still yet carnal. 1 Corinthians five, five. Are you still yet carnal? But you take a look at Paul talking about it here, 2 Corinthians eleven verse sixteen. He said, "I say again, I let no man think of uh, think me a fool. Paul a fool." <laughs> Otherwise, yet as a fool, receive me, that I may boast myself a little. What's he doing? He's showing you the cross that he has carried. Not the Lord's cross, but how he has been faithful to the cross in his life. How he has followed the Lord Jesus in all things. What have you done? Where's the cross in your life? Can you show a witness of Jesus through the works that you have done? Can you to reveal that cross in your life? Are you argumentative? Are you uh, against the word of God? Saying, well, you know, God doesn't require that. You can't come to perfection. Paul said, That which I speak is speaking not after the Lord, but as it were, foolishly, in this confidence of boasting. Now, I'm going to get in the flesh a minute and tell you about my cross. All you high-minded Uh, better than everybody else, holier than thou, Christians. I'm going to tell you about my cross. So I'm not saying this in the Lord. I'm going to speak as one that is in that flesh. I'm going to speak this after boasting. Seeing that many glory after the flesh, I'm going to glory also. You glory after the flesh, how you can sing and great oratory ability. And oh, prophet so-and-so and and my pastor so-and-so, how great he is. And your little denominational beliefs and your heresies that those that are approved among you may be made manifest. And that's the reason why you'll never see the glory of God. Because you built yourself into denominations which are made man, fleshly man, made organizations. That's the reason God will tear everyone down and bring them out to bring into him a full, perfect body with no denominational walls bounding them. Paul said, you suffer those fools gladly. Well, let me tell you a little bit of my, of what I do. Seeing you yourselves are wise. For you suffer if a man bring you into bondage. If a man devour you, if a man take of you, that's fine. Why? Because you don't have to bear a cross. You don't have to sacrifice anything. You will believe anything, as long as it does not have a cross in it. As long as you don't have to give up anything. If you don't have to forsake anything. If you can love the world. And love the money. You love that. Though they make merchandise of you. With grace swelling words. If a man exalts himself. Well that excludes the cross of Jesus. He can exalt himself all day long. But it eludes the cross. It evades the cross totally. Nobody wants the cross. But without that cross, there's no salvation. If there's no cross in your life, Jesus said the first thing. Any man coming to me, let him deny himself, pick up your cross and follow me. Somebody said, I don't want that cross. Then you're not saved. You won't be saved. Save yourself sometime. Kick up your heels. Have the pleasures of sin for a season because you're going to die. Paul, talking here about how man lifts up himself over the body of Christ, and those believe it because it eludes the cross. It's a crossless Christianity. That's the bottom line. The whole government of God rested upon Jesus' shoulder, Isaiah 9-5. What was that government of God that rested upon his shoulder? Singular. The cross of Jesus Christ. Somebody said, well, you're mad. I'm not mad at you. I'm mad at the devil. <laughs> well, we had a little protest against us. Thank God. Paul had a whole city come out af- uh, against him. Well, we rated about 10. Praise God. Uh, you know, little ragtag bunch. But we're working on it. Praise God we're working on it. We're going to try to get up there. I speak as concerning reproach as though we had been weak. Howbeit, be it? Whensoever any is bold, I speak foolishly. I am bold also. Here we go, Paul. Are they Hebrews? Is that who you are fallen, a bunch of Hebrews? So am I. Are they Israelites? So am I. Are they the seed of Abraham? So am I. Are they ministers of Christ? I speak as a fool. I am more. In labors more abundant, I labor more than they all. In stripes above measure, how many stripes? Well, 40 stripes save one. I don't know how many times that, that says thrice beaten. They yeah, left him outside the city as dead and raised him from the dead. In prisons, more frequent, he was, somebody said, why did not they throw him in prison? Did he steal something? Did he lie? All he did was lift up the name of Jesus Christ and the world hates that and slams him in prison. We got people trying to throw us in prison. Well, bring it on. Because all we do is preach the name of Jesus. Taking no money, lying to nobody. Lifting up the name of Jesus Christ and him alone. Have over a thousand ministers there in Africa, India. And they're still begging to come on board with us. And let me tell you something. I need your help. Not for us. We're fine here. God has supplied our needs. We don't say this because of our need or want. But we have need financially as in your prayerful support to reach these saints that are scattered abroad, that are wanting to come in under the ministry, under the true Jesus ministry. But we need your help. We cannot do this alone for the saints' sake. In this ministry of grace, you'll see in Second Corinthians 8, he's talking about this ministry of grace. What is that grace? That grace is that ministry of giving and receiving. That's the grace that you would abound, though you abound in. Take a look at it. If you'll take a look over here in 2 Corinthians 8, it talks about this ministration of grace. Second Corinthians 8, verse 1, moreover, brethren. We do you the wit of the grace of God bestowed on the churches of Macedonia. What grace? They were giving finances. How then in great trial of affliction, the abundance of their joy and their deep poverty abounded to the riches of their liber- liberality. It tells us by the, liberal, by the liberal things that a man devises, he stands by the liberal things which he devises. Your liberality is known to all men. For to their power, I bear record, and beyond their power, they were willing of themselves, praying with us with entreaty, we would receive the gift. What? The bounty set up for them. Ministering to the saints. And upon us, the fellowship of the ministering to the saints. We need help in order to minister to the saints, to bring them from little children, little children to overcomers, overcomers to fathers. The different steps of we can't do this alone. So we appeal to you, you that have finances, you want to join with us in the outreach of souls and blessed be he that sent forth the feet of the ox and ass, lifting up the name of Jesus Christ of the gospel to the world. Oh, you're occupied with the world, I understand it. You're worried about coronavirus. Well, that coronavirus will stop you from being blessed in the Lord Jesus Christ. Uh, this, this is a grace. It's a grace of giving. How much do you give? What have you given to the gospel of Jesus Christ? Do you give it to your denomination? Or do you did give it to the word of God, to the anointed that are going and forth preaching the real Jesus? It talks about there in, in verse 5, and this they did, not as we hoped, but first gave their own selves to the Lord and unto us by the will of God and so much that we desired Titus that as he had begun, that he would also finish in you the same grace also. Grace is mentioned eight times here. And it's a ministry of giving and receiving. It's more blessed to give than to receive. Therefore, as you abound in everything, you abound in faith. You're in that word. You're reading it daily in utterance. You're speaking the oracles of God and knowledge. You're growing in the knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And in all diligence, you're diligently seeking the Lord, your God. And in all your love to us, you're showing that love. See that you abound in this grace also in giving and receiving. Some of you have never given for the soul of the preachers, the ministers of God to preach this word to the various nations and the countries going to all the world and preach this gospel every creature which we're doing. We're just one outlet. God deals with you to do it by all means. Obey God. We'd love to hear from you. If God doesn't speak to you to do it, don't do it. But if he does, obey God that you will also abound in this grace God wants to to abound to your bountifulness and your giving of a cheerful giver. By this ministry of giving and receiving, he supplies the wants of the saints, not the needs, the wants. I speak not by commandment, but by occasion of the forwardness of others and to prove the sincerity of your love. You can't just say, I love you. Love not in word and tongue, but in deed and in truth. How do you show your love? Where your treasure is, there's your heart also a man that gives not only his prayerful support but reaches down in his pocket that man's with you hallelujah and that that says grace also see you abound in that you abound in faith love and all this knowledge but see that you abound in that grace that grace of giving and he said the proof of sincerity of your love that's how you prove it for you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ that though he was rich for your sakes he became poor that through his poverty you might be rich And he goes on to say, And here and I give my advice. He's not saying this is the commandment of the Lord. He's saying this is my advice. Paul, I think, was full of the Holy Ghost. He wrote 14 books of the New Testament and 27 books. He said, For this expedient for you, who have begun before and only to do, but also to be forward a year ago. You said it. You were going to do it. But you spoke faith well, but you did not do it. Now, therefore, perform the doing of it. You spoke it well. You speak faith well, but if you say, be thy clothed and fed, the man that is uh, uh, naked and and hungry, and you say, be thy clothed and fed, well, that's all fine and good. But if you don't give that works good, your faith without works is dead being alone. You spoke faith well, but you did not accompany that. Let faith have that what? The perfect works. He says here, show me your faith without your works. I'll show you my faith by my works. Here's what Paul is getting at. And he says over there, thou perform the doing of it, that there may be a performance also of that which you have. Not of what you have not, but what you have. Gil, God will bless you. For if there be a willing mind, it is accepted according that a man hath, not according to what he has not. God knows what you have, what you're able to do. For I mean not that other men be eased and you be burdened, but by inequality. If you've heard this word, God dealt with you, then give to it. But by an equality, he's not putting all the burden on you, expecting you to, let's take for example our ministry here, that you'll be the sole one that sends us to Africa, India, the ones that want to come on board and hear this gospel of Jesus Christ. But by an equality, that now at this time your abundance may be a supply for their want. They have needs that their abundance also may be a supply for your want. God supplies the wants of the saints by the ministry of giving and receiving. We'll see that in the next chapter. That there may be equality, As it is written, he that, he that gathered much had nothing left over, and he that gathered little had no lack. But thanks be to God, which put the same earnest care into the heart of Titus for you. For indeed he accepted the exhortation for being more forward, of his own accord, he went unto you. And we have sent with him the brother whose place is is in the gospel throughout all the churches, and not that only, but who was also chosen of the churches to travel with us with this grace. What are they doing? They're picking up a bounty for the saints. We're asking for a bounty for the saints, not for us, not to pay our bills here, for the ministry, but to reach the ones in Africa, India, Nepal, Philippines. Right now, we have some Sierra Leone wanting to come on board and wanting to come on there. To, for them to, to be able to preach the gospel under our banner over there is $126. Somebody said, that ain't much. Well, take, it back, take the number of nations on the face of this earth. It's a lot. And they have to have that in their nation to be able to preach. They require that in those nations. Now, we're not a denomination. We're a fellowship. That means that we do not literally run or judge over, out of a central headquarters, the local churches over there. That's there; They have, they have their elders, uh, their pastors, feed the flock. They're the ones that have the care for that church. We do not get in, in local church government. All we do is make a way in a fellowship for them to preach the word of God and let them in their own government take care of their local churches. That's the way it is. The church of Jerusalem did not have the central location headquarters rule over the other churches. The Holy Ghost does that. Take heed of yourselves over all the flock with which the Holy Ghost made you overseers to feed the church of God which he has purchased with his own blood. God bought it. Not you, not me. God did. And he says uh, that this grace which is administered by us to the glory of the same Lord and declaration of your ready mind. Avoiding this, that no man should blame us in this abundance, which is ministered by us. It's administered through the body of Christ, through the ministers to the saints. And we need your help in doing this, for us to do what the Lord has called us to do. We certainly cannot do it on our own. It's a body ministry, and it says if we have ministered to you, Spiritual things is a small thing that we minister, you minister to us, your carnal things. If we minister to you spiritual things, it's your duty to minister to us, your carnal. But if God speaks to you, obey the leading of the Holy Ghost for this grace. Providing for honest things, and not only on the side of the Lord, but also on the side of men. For we have sent with him our brother, whom we have oftentimes proved diligent in many things, but how much more diligent upon the great confidence which I have in you, Whether any do inquire of Titus, he is a partner and fellow fellow helper concerning you, or our brethren be required of, inquired of. They are messengers of the churches and the glory of Christ. Wherefore, show you to them and before the churches the proof of your love. What is that? Set aside the bounty. You say you love them. In other words, show it in your giving. Anybody can say, I love you and God bless you, brother. But do you minister to them of your needs? Are you just a prayerful support? Or are you financially love that altar with treasure lifting up the Lord Jesus Christ? Well, your treasure serves your heart also. And of our boats, on your hands. Chapter 9. Take a look at what you're, you're, you're embarking upon. What can happen for you? For it's touching the ministering to the saints. And that's what we're trying to do here to so the ones of the church. Over a thousand ministers right now that look to us to be fed and led and guided, and from babies to little children to overcomers to fathers. And we've been uh, spent well over a million dollars since 2012 to do that. The ministering to the saints. Paul said, I know the forwardness of your mind, and when I boast of you to them of Macedonia, that Achaia was ready a year ago, and your zeal hath provoked very many. And yet I've sent the brethren lest boasting or boasting of you should be in vain on this behalf that, as I said, you may be ready. Ready for what? To give. said, so I'm going to give you a little forewarning that I'm coming and this of the, the boasting, to take your bounty, to take your offering that you're going to give and get it ready. Lest happily, if any, they be of Macedonia come with me and find you unprepared, we, that we may not, you should be ashamed in this same confident boasting of your love, giving, of your finances. Somebody said, "Uh uh-huh, preacher's asking for finances, he's of the devil. No, he's not. It's not going for him, it's going for the ministering to the saints. And God, anyone that uses it for their own personal gain, the Lord will literally take it away. They will answer to God for that. But if they're ministering to the saints and the needs of the saints and they're lifting up the word of God, And not living in two hundred fifty, three hundred, five hundred thousand dollar homes, but literally sold out for the cause of Christ, and as we're doing here, literally in mobile homes, and letting the the, uh, we could all buy homes and whatever, but we don't do that. Why? Because we're sending this gospel over to the nations of the world. Therefore, I thought it necessary. To exhort the brethren that they would go before you and make it beforehand your bounty. What is that? Your offering. Your finances. Write some checks out. Uh, get get uh, uh, your credit cards out. Whereof you had noticed before that the same might be ready as a matter of bounty and not of covetousness. But this I say, he that soweth sparingly shall reap sparingly and he which soweth bountifully shall reap bountifully. Somebody said, well you're going to get that bounty, well I'm just going to put a little bit of money aside over here. I'm going to do it just sparingly. I'm going to keep a major portion for me. I'll give a little bit of the crumbs to God. Well when you do that, Jesus said at the treasury and all that had riches threw in of their abundance. But then that's where the trumpets were were held at the, at the, at the synagogues, at the, at the temple. And Jesus sat there and was watching them throwing into the, the treasury. And as they the rich threw in of their abundance or whatever, there was a poor widow, a widow. All she had was two mites. That two mites, a mite, is two little brass coins worth about, two of them together, one-third of one cent. One third of a Kenya Shelley, <laughs> one third of a penny here in the United States. Not very much money. I want to buy you a piece of bubble gum. And she threw in two mites. Jesus said, She has given more than all because of her penury, of her poverty. She has sacrificially given her life. Why the life's in that money? She put it on the line, she showed. That the Lord was more to her than her own well-being. Jesus said, She spoke, she has thrown in more than all combined. And all she threw in was two mites. That's a sacrificial giving. When you give where it sacrificially hurts, that is noticed of the Lord. He makes a little note of that, and you're giving uh, to him. Just like he noticed that widow. He notices you. There? He said, you sow sparingly, you're going to reap sparingly. Don't look for a big harvest. You throw a couple of bucks and think, oh, I'm going to come in thousands of millions of dollars. No, you're not. You sow in kind, you reap in kind. Somebody said, no, you don't. You sow to God in that money, you may not ever get any money. No, it's not so, friend. If you you want apples, you better sow some apple seeds. Jesus said of the same herb that you plant, You've, what you sow in kind, that's what you're going to reap. You want friends? Show yourself friendly. You want love? Show love. You want finances? Then give. It's a paradox. Luke six thirty-eight: give, and it shall be given unto you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over shall so men give into your bosom. He will cause men to give into your bosom. You're in a financial bind? You'll be in a <laughs> financial bind. How do you give? Just like the widow over there. She had a son over there, and she had a. A little oil and a flour. She's going to make, make a cake and eat it with her son and die. The prophet came by. And she told him, I'm, I'm going to make this cake. I got a little oil. I got a little flour. I'm going to make a cake. We're going to eat. And we're going to die. The prophet said, give it to me. What? He knew the law of this grace. He knew the law of giving and receiving. He knew it. If she hadn't obeyed. But when she did, God multiplied the oil and the flour and and said that he multiplied it. It will not go and and literally be uh, completely burnt, but it will be replenished until the Lord comes. God will supply your needs and wants by that grace. That grace is mentioned eight times in Second Corinthians eight. That's giving, my friend. That's not lip service. That's not well. The Lord bless you. Our prayers are for you. Our prayers are with you. No, it's right down there and literally get it. And that's what Paul's talking about here. But you sow sparingly, you're going to reap sparingly. You sow in kind, you're going to reap in kind. Somebody said, well, I give my time at the church, and I pray, and I do this, and yeah, I'm growing in faith, and I'm growing in knowledge. And Paul said, well, see that you, what? That you abound in this ministry also. 2 Corinthians 8, see that you abound in that grace also. Don't miss out on that. That's how God supplies the wants of the saint. For where your treasures are, there's your heart also. He's talking about those that, that labor in the world are worth double honor. That is double money. Because they labor for your soul. He that soweth sparingly, you're going to reap sparingly. Don't think you're going to great, great harvest because you throw a couple of bucks at God. Oh, here's a Kenya shelling. Big deal. But if that's all you had and you did it sacrificially, God's going to make a note of it. But he that soweth bountifully shall reap bountifully. That's a law of giving and receiving. That's a law just like gravity. Somebody said, I don't believe in the law of gravity. You jump off that building and you'll believe in it then. There's a law of giving and receiving. All you have to do is prove me now herewith, saith the Lord of hosts, but i will not open up the windows of heaven and pour you out a blessing that you cannot receive. Simply by what? Tithes and offerings to the church. Hallelujah. There As a man purposeth in his heart, so let him give. What are you purposing in your heart? Purpose in the heart for what? Do you have needs? As a man purposeth in his heart, so let him give. God is not mocked. Whatsoever a man soweth, that shall he also reap. Do you believe God? Then give. There, why? Let him give not grudgingly. Oh, I had to do this, so, and he grudges because he did it, of I had to do it. For God, for God loves a cheerful giver. It's more blessed to give than to receive. He loves a cheerful giver. You know that this law is real, so there you're going to give to God, and you know that God's going to multiply the seed sown. And God is able to make all grace abound towards you. That you always having all sufficiency in all things. We don't need your money here. We've got our bills paid. A roof over here, the electricity bill paid. And our ministry and our ministers here. But for those saints, we can't do it without your help. It's impossible for us to reach. The ones in Sierra Leone over there. Uh, Pastor Coker, we, we appreciate you wanting to come on board. You know, we, we believe that. We, the one in Jaipur. Uh, Pastor Septi, Assembly of God, want to come on board. We understand that. We've got, but we've got to have help to get to you. The same way with all the ministers there in Africa. Now, Lord, God knows. The Lord Jesus knows there is a ton of you. We want to do all that we can, but we need help. The Lord will do it. But the Lord speaks to you. Obey. And he says there that God loves it. He's able to make all grace abound to you. Why? that you may abound to every good work. say, well, if I had it, I'd give, Brother Beard. Well, you'll never have it. God doesn't bless nothing. I've heard ministers say, God gave, bless the ones that gave and the ones that did not have it to give. No. Nothing times nothing equals nothing. He'll multiply your seed sown. But you have to give something. Not empty-handed. As God has prospered you, so let him give. And it's there. If you love God, you're going to do it you're going to make a full proof of that love. Hallelujah. And whatever altar you give to, you're partaker of that altar. So you want to make sure that you're following the truth. You don't want to give to an altar that is of Satan. Somebody said, oh my God, yeah. He said, come in, many will come in my name and shall deceive many in my name. Just because of the name and the name of Jesus don't sit out there and start writing out checks because somebody asks you to oh, well, I got this deal over there and they said the children are starving and and I need to write a check. Did God tell you to? Did the Holy Ghost give you an unction to do that? Or did you say, oh, here's the pictures and the little kids are crying and they don't have any food on the table and you were moved by your emotions and you sent it. And they're laughing all the way to the bank. Not all, but I'm saying this is many ways that Satan uses to rip the people of God off. And we've seen it many times. It's sad, but it's true. We've seen people, the young kids over there in Africa and Nairobi, following a trash truck. We were over there on a, on a ministry bus. We saw a trash truck coming by, picking up trash. We saw little children running after that trash truck, eating out of the trash cans and fighting each other for what they found in those trash cans. Sad, but true. How can you help? Well, we do whatever we can for orphanages. We've done it uh, there. We've, we love to do it. But number one is the gospel. Second, we've tried to help and feed the orphans and the orphanages. But we want to make sure that we see them and we know them. We want to see that orphanage, not just some preacher standing in front of a big uh, number of children and say, that's my orphan. And we get over there and find out you don't even have one. Now, that's the reason why you shouldn't give blindly. You should know them that labor among you. There's more scam artists out there than you can shake a stick at. Know them that labor among you. And that's the reason why we'll give proof, proof and chronicle what you give for this ministry. That's where you want to talk to, want to see, want to show you where your offerings are going. And that's only rightly so. You should know where that, when you give that, that partaker of the altar and what you're, what's happening and what, what the news and the souls that you're reaching. You have every right to know that. And that's the reason we're open and very candid with it, that our life is, is, is open to all as well as the finances for those that give. Now, we have the ones that love to take us down because we're preaching the Jesus-only doctrine of Christ and not some false trinity doctrine. And because of that, they hate us. Well, that's fine, too, but we'll, God will judge, and he will judge righteously. We see there, as it is written, he hath dispersed abroad, the liberal man standeth by the liberal things which he devises. That his, he will be made fat. In other words, blessed, prosperous. It gets John 2, for God wishes above all things that thou must prosper and be in health, Even as your soul prospers. God wishes that. But your soul's got to prosper first. He hath given to the poor. That didn't mean he just prayed for the poor. He gave to the poor. His righteousness remains forever. Now he that ministers seed to the sower both minister bread for your food and multiply your seed sown and increase the fruits of your righteousness. Paul said not that anything we're taking care of, but I seek this grace for fruit to abound to your account in heaven. That goes to your account in heaven every time you give. That's the reason Cornelius who was a Gentile of the Italian band his fruits, his giving. was a memorial before God in heaven, and God moved there. Of course he did, because where that man's treasure is, there's his heart also. Cornelius was the first Gentile, birthed into the church of the living God. Acts, the 10th chapter. How much are you giving? What are you giving to? Are you rich toward yourself? Do you got a new boat, a new house, a new car? Whatever the case is, fine. God, that's fine. But are you rich toward God, You need to be rich toward God, neighbor. You see the grounds of a rich man brought forth plentifully. He said, What shall I do? I'll pull down my barns and build greater. He's a good businessman. Well, he pulled out a barns and build greater, and he said, So take thine ease. Eat, drink, and be merry, for thou hast much goods stored up for many years. That voice came from heaven that night and said, Thou fool. This night thy shows shall be required of thee. Then whoso those things be? Who will have them then? So is he that is rich toward self and not rich toward God. Are we kind of condemn you to give? No. Of necessity or grudgingly? No. We need help. And to those that are called of God in this grace, we are there and literally asking you for your help. Asking you to be a part and partaker of this ministry. You can check us out, DBM, Dennis Spirit Ministries. We've gone to Africa as many as four times in one year since 2012. Doing things. The last time we was there, January the 19th of 2019. We need your help. Where we need to go, the, the ones in India, the ones right down in Sierra Leone, uh, God, all, all over Nigeria. That's, I cannot tell you all the places that we have ministers in the Jesus Only Training Course that are asking, help us. Lead us on, man of God. Show us where. We have ministers here that know this truth, that have lived it, not for a month, but years that have been with us. We're not novices in this. But yet, we have no denominational backing. Not going to. Don't want it. They're going to join some denomination of heresy, which we preach against. God is going to break down everything that is man-made. And only those that literally only the remnant that remain will be caught up to God. Only the remnant will will remain. See, that we reverence God with uh, with reverence and godly fear for our God's consuming fire. We are going to plant everything in the Lord Jesus Christ and everything we do. Well, we need your help. And that's the reason why we're talking to you today. Give us a call. DennisBeard.org. SealingGodspeople.org. You've got the phone numbers. It'll be on there. Right now we're streaming, but the phone numbers will be there on this video when it goes on YouTube under Dennis Spirit Ministry. You'll see the work that we've done. It's not something we say we're doing. It's something we are doing. And we've got the proof of it. And be glad to show it with you. And you'll be a of that altar. Every time that we have gone there, Brother Don Choate's sitting here with me right now. My son, Red Beard, we baptize over hundreds over there. Uh, my son uh, has. Don Chode has. Hundreds. I'm going to say thousands. And every time we'd gone, we'd baptize hundreds in one meeting, just in one meeting alone and in one meeting after meeting after a meeting. Baptizing those in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins, born of the water. Receiving the Holy Ghost, born of the Spirit. Great rewards in heaven for those that will partake of this altar. We need your help. That you will partake, what? that you will abound in this ministry and this grace also, the ministry of giving and receiving. How this, God ministers bread to your, for your food, multiplies your seed sown, and increases the fruits of your righteousness. Watch this. What? Verse 11. Being enriched in everything to all bountifulness which causes through us thanksgivings unto God. For the administration of this, the administration of giving and receiving, What does it do? Not only supplies the wants of the saints, not just the wants, what? Not needs, wants of the saints, but also is abundant also by many thanksgivings to God. My, my, my. It's there for you, neighbor. We're doing, we're running. We're running this race with everything we've got. We've sold all. we forsook all. We're living in mobile homes out here. We're going for our Lord Jesus Christ and we'll die until the day we die. The Lord calls us home. The ministry will go on. The ministry of Jesus Christ, the work of the ministry will go on. Whilst by the experimenting of this administration, administ- this, this experiment, the what? You have this experience In this ministration, they glorify God. All the ones that you've helped glorify God for your professed subjection unto the gospel of Jesus Christ. You're sending forth the feet of the ox and the ass. You're sending forth the gospel of Jesus Christ. Somebody said, wow, you are really into this thing. Friend, it's our life. (laughs) We've been shot at, reproved. They've tried to uh, lynch us at the nations over there. And we will still go. Many, one of their, one I won't call his name, said, we didn't think we'd ever see you again. And it's place what you and your wife and your ministers went through. No, you're not getting rid of us. We're called for this thing. We're called for the field and we're not going to run away from any devil. Let alone some knock-kneed little uh, people that think that they're going to uh, come against the gospel of Jesus Christ and protest against us. <laughs> Get a life. We know what we're called for. We know what we're called for. We know our life is in him. We know what we've committed to him against that day. Now he said this, what? And this liberal, your liberal distribution unto them. And your all, unto all men. Your liberal distribution. What do you distribute? You distribute your finances. Your health, your clothes. You provide provided for food. You provided not only that, but money to build churches for them. Not only that, that they can eat over there, they're doing, they make it less than a dollar a day, a dollar a day. Think about it, 365. They make less than $300 a year. And when you go there, you think, well, everything will be so much cheaper over there. No, it's not. And that's what's amazing about it. They're paying top dollar for what. You buy land over in Nairobi, you're gonna to pay top dollar, just like you would in America. Sixty, seventy, eight thousand dollars uh outside of Nairobi just for an, an acre of land. And you wonder, why? Well, because. And that's why that's 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 the greed of men. And by their prayer for you, which long after you for the exceedingly grace of God in you. What grace? They've given. They're praying for you. It binds the body of, of Christ together in one. Thanks be unto God for His unspeakable gift. What? Of this grace of giving and receiving. What are you doing for the body of Christ? You go to church one day a week. What altar are you giving to? You're partaker of their deeds, whether it be evil or whether it be good. These souls will go to your account. You give to us. We'd love to hear from you. I look forward to hearing from you as God leads until the next time, this is Brother Dennis Spirits saying, behold the real Jesus. Check us out, sealing God's people